0: podcast called sound check flicks tell your friends about it we love the casbah lots of great shows coming up as a matter of fact in the next couple days specter jones on wednesday and thursday oh he dead i actually helped book openers for both of those shows uh we the commas the local band opening for oh he dead on thursday the 30th also graham Mm -hmm. really excited about this one saturday december 2nd poison hearts the millionaires and 12 gauge trixie always check the casbah site and uh yeah, come on, hang hang always with us.
1: Good, always good stuff, man.
0: Yeah, how many years have you been coming to this place, Aki?
1: It's got to be since early '90s. I'm I'm guessing maybe '90, '94, '95. You know? I you gotta, know my I, man I, Graham? Have you met him? Yeah, we've met. We met twenty minutes ago. <laughs> oh and really? Yeah. Yeah, can, I, I've done oh. a lot
2: of Operation Mind Blow shows here and stuff. <laughs> oh, but, right on. but we just haven't met. I'm always yeah. working the stage, and he's always behind the soundboard. So yeah, man.
1: Uh, Moved here in like around '93 or so. Ended up getting a job at Tom Yeto, yeah, which was you know kind of a rad era for San Diego cool skate company, and it just seemed like everyone that was a local musician and band- from bands that I heard I was already into were like working there. You know, like sure. Adam Oliver was working there. Uh, some of the Jehu guys were working there, and uh, you know we had a record label girls clothing line and all these you know skate, yeah a couple skate brands and it was just kind of my introduction to this whole rad scene of san diego you know and got to make a lot of friends and people i still know today but that's that's what got me going where, stuff where did you grow here. up Downey. Downey and a little Sounds bit exciting. of the valley yeah Downey. what yeah. is Downey known for uh, i think just the blasters oh, that's,
0: <laughs> that's something that's something <laughs> now, good
1: the carpenters uh <laughs> There was this anti edge band called Grudge. It came out in 1989 on okay. Nemesis Records.
0: There were that you could check that out. So what did you do for Tamiami? <laughs> Are you a graphic designer? So yeah, I uh,
1: was running there. I was working with that. we okay. running the uh, screen shop there, print boards, T-shirts, all that stuff. Ended up teaching myself and hanging out with Dave Lively after work and whatnot, and Nilo, and learning some graphic design programs and whatnot. And then one day O came in, like around end of uh late 90s is like hey man call so-and-so at trans world they're looking for like an entry-level graphic artist went interviewed there got a gig there for four years so i think i i'm glad i got a chance to actually thank O for that because it kind of launched my career wow um but i wrapped with them about maybe 10 years ago and kind of was like man thanks a lot for that like keeping a lookout but uh you know we're at zero skateboards for 10 years doing zero graphics Ended up at Otterbox and a few other places. Now I'm an art director, kind of freelance uh, uh, contract work, either directing videos, editing videos, coming up with campaigns, all that shit.
0: What were the festivals that we uh, participated in? I went to one of them, actually.
1: Was it uh, like uh, Briego Mi Diego? We did, we did that. What
0: were the last ones you did last out ones there at would be Tower. like
1: That would be uh, uh, Incopa.
0: Incopa. Yeah. How many of those did you do? I did two, or three.
1: two, I think. Those were a lot of fun. Yeah, those were fun. I yeah. was able
0: to go to the second one, and I'm fascinated by the Desert Tower and its history. Yeah. And uh,
1: Rocking in the desert is the only travel. way to go, and I'm always down to hop on that shit anytime.
0: Somebody's actually now gone in and bought the uh Hakumba Hot Springs, and they're making yeah, that all that nice. Yeah, that should be a good zone. I'm be hoping. a spot. Any yeah. other chances for Incopath 3, then? I don't know.
1: I'm not sure those guys are still doing that, but... Right. I think, hey man, anybody wants to put something together, I'm always down.
0: I can't remember the first time I saw Operation Mind Blow, but what I was fascinated by, of course, was the analog aspect of your visual presentation for for a band. But of course, the first time it was the um, it was the sea monkeys or whatever <laughs> yeah. you had. Yeah, <laughs> what were those creatures? Yeah,
1: Josh would buy a live brine shrimp at yeah.
0: this aquarium and shop, you used and you use a overhead projector. Yeah, and then you would have. These projections of live brine trips. Yeah, you
1: want to fade in later in the night. Yeah, when everyone's gone, and yeah, it always. Looks. Are you still
0: microdosing?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and macro. And <laughs>
0: macro. <laughs> well, Graham and I have been having a great time doing this, and uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting because he's such a a movie nerd. I am a more of a buff, but this guy's hardcore. And how many pages of notes do you have for Apocalypse now? Only two today.
2: How many times did you watch the film? <laughs> Three as always. Three for the studio version? So two on the theatrical version, theatrical. the original one, right. and then I watched the final cut. The f- I did not watch The Redux, which was released early in the 2000s, which is the longest one of all. Three yeah. hours
0: and 22 minutes. Yeah,
2: I didn't watch that one, but I watched all the other the other two, and then I also watched The Hearts of Darkness, The Filmmaker's Apocalypse, which is just one of the best making of documentaries of any film you could ever that. watch. It's terrific.
1: It's really just pure, like showing really what was going on. Which it is insane. Chaos. You remember how
2: much fun we had talking with Oz about the abyss and right. how all the stuff that went on on the set on that, this is kind of the same thing. There is so hey Martin Sheen's having a heart attack and yeah. Francis Ford yeah. Coppola is losing a yeah. hundred pounds cause he's so stressed out. And it's just, you know, you got little Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez running around there. Like yeah. it's just, it's crazy they were running around yeah they were on the set for a little bit because it was such a long shoot it started as
1: like a three-week project that went well over 200 days maybe
2: i mean there's a point in that documentary for hearts of darkness where they're having a hundred day party and when i'm watching the documentary i'm snickering because i'm like that's a long shoot and then later on there's a 200 day party (laughs) oh wow yeah so, so okay so the t- the
0: original film theatrical release the redux in 2001 that was a theatrical release yep. was this final
2: cut on the uh, uh i think it probably had a short theatrical release but it was okay. more of a dvd thing and you know coppola's done that too with the outsiders recently where he kind of re put in some of the stuff that they cut out and changed it to a rock and roll soundtrack and so coppola's <laughs> into this <clears throat> remix ideal you know sure. he likes remixing his own films and i'm yeah, hey, he could do it. He's a genius. I but mean, in yeah. that version,
0: it does not include the follow up with the playmates or it no, does. OK, no, no,
2: no. The French plantation is in both it, of the longer it, okay. versions. Um, I, I, we talked about this before we started the podcast, Say, Aki and I, we both prefer the two and a half hour theatrical original version. It's right. just a lean, yeah. mean mother. Like, it just gets to business as they go down the river. It just gets darker and darker and darker. There's nothing that breaks that up. The plantation breaks it up for, like, 20 minutes.
0: Yeah, the jump I mean, from that to immediately finding him yeah. is basically what happens there. And it, 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 it's it, not like needed. Like you said, the flow of the darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep the scene that, like, I, I didn't realize. You're watching these things sometimes. You haven't seen in 20 years. It's like, wait. Was this in the movie? Right. And of course, like that yeah. scene with the playmates, the follow-up where he—that's only in the Redux. Yeah, but that's that shows that shows the darkness because here you see, in the real movie you just see they're happy they're at their USO. Well, they have you to know,
2: escape. They, they, I mean, right? But
0: they're escaping over overactive <laughs> soldiers who want to <laughs> jump their bones. But then they're pretty willing to give it up later on to save their lives. With the well, they American scored
1: soldiers. some of that Panama Red, I think.
0: But it was interesting to see that included and just see well wow that just the harsh reality of you know well the USO girls it's not all funny right. games like wow
1: yeah and also I think with that, I mean movie you watch the documentary you really realize that there was a lot of in, I think intent a uh, a formula or you know a concept he wanted to get but wasn't getting it and so he's trying lots of things throughout it spending all his own money and you know it, there's just a lot of extra stuff there that I, I'm actually really happy he cut a lot of that stuff out, the love story part and the, the plantation and she, it's like yeah, but remember. it didn't need it. And no. it didn't need like it, and it kind of killed the vibe. Or and or yeah, smoking opium. Oh, I was okay you know, with that part. <laughs> and and really that 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 whole part of the filming at the plantation, a lot of it is just them
2: being there so long
1: that they're just fascinated. capturing they're weird and like, What the stuff? fuck are they
0: doing there? There's a war going <laughs> yeah, on around them. I'm yeah. like, what the hell? Are-? Well,
2: I didn't like them sitting down to a full course dinner and yeah. all that. Yeah, right in the middle drag, of all man. this nasty business. I'm like, this doesn't fit. It was just, like, no. This has got to go. It was supposed like, to show like, the absurdity. That's anyway. why the the- that's why that original theatrical version's better. better. Yeah. Because just once they hit, you know, they hit the playmates. and uh, Well, actually, Kilgore is the first thing they really have to deal with, even though he's one of them. That That whole craziness. Um, but then you get to the playmates and it just, it's a descent into madness. Yeah. Like, because
0: in the film, they go from that last bridge, right? Where they're battling, battling, the yeah. to the then it goes basically to, to yeah. Kurtz and his whole.
2: Yeah. Well, and then they all start getting killed. Right, right. Clean gets killed and then Phillips gets killed yeah. and it just, and then they, you know, it's just all downhill from there. So
0: that kid took one hit acid. He says that he takes one hit of acid. But from that point on, that guy was high as fuck through the rest of the film. The Surfer Kid. Yeah, I think Lance, I was. I was wondering yeah. how much acid
2: he actually had. <laughs> I just think there's think two words too. Lance was a Southern California yeah. kid. Lance adapted. Yes. Like straight up, Lance adapted.
1: <laughs> like I feel like, and I don't think any of the movies really intentional. Like watching the documentary, you know, in the chaos, it, I think he took all the shit he had and just made a movie out of it. But Lance kind of, like, he's like. The good person,
0: yeah, uh,
2: yeah. Throughout the whole movie, so he saves Oh, I want to claim him. Like, I
0: it, wanted the dog to show up at the end, man. Right. Yeah. I thought they didn't show. I wanted to claim to him dog. as
2: ours because there's a point where they say Lance is a surfer from South of L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's only two options: it's Orange County or San Diego.
0: No, but that member they refer to Spike from San Diego in that bunch. They get right. they refer to one guy from, being oh, no, from San Diego. A, I Santa. still want to claim him though because he's yeah, so cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he might have liked Sublime.
1: Yeah, oh. if he didn't, he,
0: he did. No, maybe you would have liked Lucy's fur coat. But there's some surfer dudes <laughs> like Lucy's fur coat. But yeah, 1979 film, original release. My father took me. Um, probably I was 13 years old. Went to a movie theater way away from my house, technically, uh, but got to see that film, the original release in the theaters, and it was a monumental moment with my father. He he did not serve. He served in the military, but he did not see anything like any of those guys. He. He did um, deal with POWs, um, part of his Navy uh, reserve stuff. He actually went away at one point and like uh, talked to these guys and interviewed them about their experiences. Yeah. Never, never really heard anything about
2: this. Well, and that's but, what I think makes this movie so original. It's such a cool Vietnam film, is that you have, you know, they're all coming from these different angles. They all have their own feel. You have, you know, there's the deer hunter. And then there's, you know, Platoon is its own thing. And Full Metal Jacket is urban combat, yeah. you know. And there, so you're seeing all these different kinds of, from all these different angles. And then here you've never had a PT boat rolling up a river. Like you've never seen that side of Vietnam, and so PBR Street Gang. PBR Street Gang. That's a punk band. Tell me <laughs> yeah. that's not a punk band. It like, is a punk band. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. It should
0: be. All it the things be. in there, you know, Death from Above. Nineteen seventy-nine. Is that? Yeah. Is that? And what, a label, death, DFA Records, okay. and then Death from Above. Nineteen seventy-nine. I started wondering about that. Yeah, and then yeah, there's obviously many great lines. <laughs> many. Oh Jesus. I yeah, love the smell the, of napalm in the morning. Yeah, I remember
1: as a kid just hearing them, like you didn't even know they're from a movie. Just old dudes saying shit. While it smells like victory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I miss
0: though. Like we all watched the same movie, we yeah. all saw it, and then you know, at school or however it worked, yeah. you know, y'all, you y'all
2: you use those well, lines. Even Brando at the end, the horror. It's like Rosebud, man. It's Rosebud yeah, yeah. right there. I yeah. think.
1: I think it. I think he borrowed from that. I think yeah. that's an influence. I yeah. was getting
0: the full vibes more than anything. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that that was me
2: the morning after Trump won in 2016. Ah. I woke up the next morning and I was like, horror!" Yeah. <laughs>
0: but yeah, Marlon, man. Oh, dude. I've modeled myself. I almost shaved off the goat and everything just to go a little bit so more Marlon so today.
2: Let's get into the characters dude, yeah. here. It's looking good. I like it. <laughs> let's, let's start with Kurtz. Let's start with Marlon Brando. Yeah. So he's on the set for three weeks. Right. He's getting a million dollars a week. He's a complete pain in the ass. He showed up 80 pounds overweight. He doesn't know his lines. He, they just basically improv. They told him to improvise in the shadows because yeah. they were trying to hide his fat. Yeah. yeah. And he's just, all I thought those, he looked
0: pretty good. There's a bunch of the
2: clips in, um, uh, well, that's a testament to how great Coppola was shooting him. Um, there's some of those error <laughs> clips in the Hearts of Darkness where they show him just yeah. saying yeah, random things. And random there's things. a part where I swallowed a bug.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's
2: like all of a sudden, the Hollywood uh, dude comes out, you know? So here's how great Coppola was filming him. Because I agree with you, Tim. Marlon Brando looks like six and a half feet tall in that movie. He right. looks huge. Yeah. Marlon Brando is 5'9. Right. Wow. He's not a huge guy. It's all it, angles. It worked. Man. I
1: think the mysteriousness
2: and the big shadows and the mm-hmm.
1: baldness and just kind of that uh, slow, yep. kind of mysterious part is what really helped that out. Yeah. Because I think if they really showed a lot of them, it wouldn't have
2: sold it as yep. well. Uh, you know. Do they show more of them
0: in the redo? The Redux? No,
2: all of that's pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. Um, now, there is a point, I think it's in the Ooh. Hearts of Darkness documentary, where Coppola says, you know, they because they, him they got in fights, because Brando was on his shit. Brando. And, yeah, and they got in some arguments, and he told them, look, I could replace you with Nicholas Nicholson, Redford, or Pacino anytime. So let's elaborate on that. Would you <laughs> have wanted to see any of those three guys as Kurtz? Do you think any of them could have pulled that off? Nicholson? Uh, nah. Now Redford definitely not. Pacino, yeah, I'm thinking Pacino could have did it.
0: I love the juxtaposition of all of the statues though in the in the in the space in the jungle they were at. Uh huh. Because they very much reminded me of Brando as well. Yeah. Um. And that you know, they're well, worship, they, worshiping him. They were. They God. were worshiping him.
2: It had also been offered to Steve McQueen. Uh, I don't know.
1: Maybe Sylvester Stallone. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Shoulda, coulda, woulda. You know, I don't know. You know who?
2: So, uh, Willard, Martin Sheen, obviously there's the famous story that that started out as Harvey Keitel. Right, right. For the first two weeks. And then Harvey Keitel, you know, Coppola watches the dailies and he's like, this isn't the guy. This isn't working. Right. Um, Nick Nolte wanted it bad. Wanted to be Willard. Oh,
1: I don't he know. He might have been a I good so bad too. Guy too. He I think have Nick been Nolte a good might... Church. That's
2: younger Nick Nolte. I think he might <laughs> yeah. have been pretty good. He's but, still kind
0: of a... Not a... He's just... Not, yeah. The subtlety she, that Martin Sheen she offers. And, and he's yeah. not a big dude or, yeah, you know... Yeah, he
2: nails it. He's 36 at the time, which might seem a little on the older end, you know, but uh, he fucking nails it. I mean... Dude, he is a fucking badass assassin, I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. Kurt says it, and it, I love just how he... Well, the shit you it. read in his eyes, yeah, and and just the subtleties of the character are ridiculous. Like he's... when when the kids play on the drumsticks and he doesn't even mm-hmm. say anything, and you just feel that, like, yeah, he's there's irritated. not a lot of talking, man.
2: <laughs> it's it's. Well, it's no surprise it won best cinematography at the Oscars because yeah. it oh, looks. Man. And then on the Blu-ray, they, sh- they spent the money on that. Yeah, <laughs> and on the Blu-ray, it pops even more. Like, and it's also like beautiful,
1: like the fact that it was just the Philippine Army that they hired to just kind of do all these stunts yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and then sometimes they'd have to go fight a battle and leave, <laughs> and right then in come the back, and then it's new pilots doing the the scene again, and they don't know what's going on. It was very, very, uh, yeah, kind of an art. Art, art an artist's dream really to take a lot of money and kind of throw something together and yeah.
0: hope it yeah. works <laughs> but, i know. mean obviously he's just everything popped he, and he had beautiful. that
2: godfather energy because he just done those two movies yeah. Yeah. and everyone's calling him a genius and they yeah. gave him like 24 million or whatever which it was at the time was a lot of money he ended up pony up like seven more of his own like because it just oh, went yeah. in so much and right. uh you know over budget but he was betting on himself once again we love those guys yeah i mean that's the you know make it happen yeah 31 you know to make it and it uh, made somewhere between 100 and 150 million worldwide over the that's that's a hit i mean yeah. it got the eight so uh, eight, Os- eight and, oscar uh, nominations but and it, even uh, you, you watch it
1: now and you, it could have been made last year <laughs> minus the cgi shit, yeah you know what i mean but it still like holds up like a lot of 70s movies are kind of the soundtrack's kind of weird or it's too dramatic, and yeah. that one still flows good. You know? Oh
2: man! And let's get into that soundtrack. I well, mean, so because I remember watching this movie as a kid, and I always thought it was a great film. But we always remember those musical cues: the ride mm-hmm. of the Valkyries from the helicopters, Susie cue with the playmates. Mm-hmm. It starts with the end from the Doors, yeah. Like and satisfaction when Lawrence Fishburne is dancing on the boat. Those are the ones we really remember. But what you forget, if you haven't seen it for years, is just this insane synthesizer percussion soundtrack. It's phenomenal. And I just noticed it the first time I rewatched it, it popped out at me right away. And I was just like, oh my God, this is just insane. Like, and then, so you're, you're, you know, you're in the rhythm devils. You're yeah, a fan did, of those guys. Like
1: a, I'm a Grateful Dead fan. And yeah, yeah when I got into this movie, you'll change one day. It's okay. <laughs> we'll it's okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, uh, Coppola dead, reached man. out to to the rhythm section of, of The Dead and they put a, they would just blast the movie on a screen and make sounds to it. And Mickey Hart, Phil Koitzman, the rest of the guys. And, uh, I mean, if you're a fan of that stuff, Mickey Hart does all kinds of world percussion recordings and pulls musicians from all around the world to do stuff like that, not just for records, but for good causes as well. And I think they nailed that stuff. And uh, it was just nice, like... Uh, Couple is just a true artist, where he's pulling artists together and, and really got to splurge on this thing, yeah. and it worked.
0: <laughs> to me, listening to that those elements, it gave it a stranger science fiction yep. feel to me a little bit. The Moog yeah. synthesizer, a little Carp- John Carpenter, absolutely, S. oh yeah, kind of stuff, he and just he was the doing weirdness. it before the eighties. Yeah. Like the
2: eighties is so known for the synthesizers, yeah. and here this is made between seventy six and seventy eight. And Coppola is bringing five or six of the best synthesizer players in the world together because he's in love with this Japanese artist, Tamita, and he thinks he's the greatest synthesizer guy in the world. And he wants all these other people to do a soundtrack that sounds like it, if this guy would have done it. Right. You know, so they're just bringing all this, it's wildly creative. Wow. I mean, and yeah. then when, you know, and it shows on the screen. Yeah. And in your ears. Yeah. It's beautiful to That's listen to. That's a true to.
1: artist taking all the stuff you have, and how can I make something rad out of this? Did
0: anybody, it's there. How do I yeah. do Yeah. Did anybody die during the filming?
2: Of Not this that film? I know of. Certainly looks like one heart somebody must have died. 100 I mean, there's attack, a lot of, of bodies, of, of course. Lots but, of drugs. Yeah. yeah. There um, was a Martin Sheen heart attack at one point. He yeah, was out okay. for six weeks.
0: Is there documented drug consumption on the sets? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> it was the Philippines, baby. Yeah,
1: Coppola even said it was kind of turning into what the Vietnam, the chaos, of the Vietnam War was, where everyone was just kind of it was just chaos. It was we're filming, but it's weird stuff every day. And... Sam
2: Bottoms and Frederick Forrest both talk about their intake while they were there, and Sam. uh so the scene where he says he dropped acid when he's got the puppy with him and they're yeah. at the bridge, he actually was on speed in that scene. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like I did drop acid while I was filming, but not on that scene. <laughs> and they were all smoking weed all the way through it, and the whole crew was apparently. Yeah, like, and I think by the end you can tell that those guys just
1: got in that zone of primitive survival.
2: It's just in their I eyes. I feel like you I'm know? on
0: drugs when I watch that movie. It just induces something.
2: Yeah. In me, weirdly. and it gets crazier the, way, the yeah, further it goes along. That, yeah. You're then, taking the journey with him, yeah. and Francis did too. Frankly, let's let's be honest about oh, this. Sure. Francis was losing his mind during the making of it, yes. and was losing his money, and he was basically taking the same journey that the character Willard was in the film. Like, I mean, so- the end and
0: the doors song and the the ox being yeah.
2: Uh, Sacrifice.
0: And and that
1: was all real stuff that that tribe that they had come in that was local. They were doing it anyway. They that just was went how they kind of
0: legitimized that it was a real animal. It was not. A, this is like a, a ritual these people do.
1: I think, yeah, pairing that.
0: Peta they, it g- wasn't around yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, there yeah. were some right. animals. I mean, imagine <laughs> they,
2: that. There were some. PETA wasn't around yet, but there were animal rights activists right. at the time. They were pretty upset about that scene. I'm sure. It, they did get some guff over that.
0: I'm surprised they didn't but show more real. hacking
2: than Marlon Brando. I mean, we
0: really don't get like, you yeah. know.
1: Why is it okay to hack away marlon brando yeah, and i wanted to see River his head rocks.
0: roll like i wanted to see martin sheen do you know like he can a head in his lap right he got yeah. chef's head in his lap yeah that's. That just i, mean, that I was think about creepy, scene that back scene back when i was a kid yeah
1: like, that scene like, like got, it got me when i was young oh. too Cause but, man, they just get some dark levels and they they don't stay long, but they're there, and it's just like damn man. Oh, and just watch like, I
0: mean, killing
1: when the boat when they're take you know inspecting the boat and they just unleash military fire on them. The head on the lap. It's like these little subtle things. They don't last long, but they're
0: There's a lot of bodies in that the scene of going to the temple. You're just like, yeah,
1: all that holy, stuff they're just laying and, there. And even just the, the ride of the Terrific. Valkyries when they're coming in and storming that
0: yeah, beach yeah. just so
2: they could go surfing. The psy
0: I mean, the absurdity of it all with that, but, like, God, you could only imagine, like, you know. Let's get
2: into Kilgore for a minute, because <laughs> yeah. Robert Duvall, just big dick energy definition. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, You know what
0: I noticed in the movie that I... Well, I would not have probably noticed it, but there's a guy that later on in his career becomes a very well-known military-type Arlie actor. the Oh yeah. yes, he's he's a helicopter pilot yeah. in there. Yeah, from Full, free full free Metal fleet. Jacket.
1: Yeah, yep. He was actually a drill instructor in the Marines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He became exactly. an actor. Yeah, yeah. But he,
2: that's is that one of his first roles? It had to be. Got to yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. And he's in the. Uh, yeah, he's in that small helicopter. He's yeah, like, that's right. He's like one of their investigative cops. And then, of course, I
0: mean, as far as weird appearances in the film, uh, Harrison Ford.
2: Harrison Ford yeah. well. and he filmed it in 76 Star Wars comes out a year later and makes him a massive star so when the movie comes out everybody's like whoa look Harrison Ford and he's you know at the time he's a nobody what was the time period they filmed 76 it was all in 76 mostly and, and so 75 took- and 76 yeah. yeah I think it came and out. And edited it then it took and then I think he filmed Star Wars years. after that oh yeah the, uh, yeah all that he had 230 hours of footage Wow. That is insane. Wow. wow! I mean, he used one one-hundredth of what he actually shot.
0: I'd love to see more Dennis Hopper.
2: Oh, man, he was great. Oh, good Lord. He doesn't even have a name. Like, he's just billed as photojournalist. Yeah.
0: Right, okay. Zap
2: him with your sirens. Yeah. <laughs> and just has it all under control, too. Man, man. man yeah. So good. If you could
1: see this Man. He's
2: that's he's good. on so much drugs during that movie, but this is during his darkest days. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's one of the cool things about uh Coppola in this instance is did, nobody's hiring Dennis Hopper in 1976, 77. Like he's his reputation is destroying him at this moment. And if you look at his IMDB, he doesn't have a lot of credits right then. Like huh. he's burned a lot of bridges, and Coppola's like, no, I think this guy's still got something there. And gives him a shot. Yeah, that
1: character, man, he fit that right oh, on my he filmed all these options and just could piece the story together what felt well, he right. Two hundred thirty I mean, hours of shit. So yeah. there might be There's a musical in there somewhere. 20 endings coming along. There was
0: a in dance the next- sequence on the boat. We all know there was. But yeah, it's a film that is—you're just on edge. It's just weird. It has that feel and tone, and I mean, it kicks off with him, you know, probably getting ready to kill himself in the hotel room, right? And, right. And that whole scene, and then how those guys come in and clean him up, and he <laughs> and actually
2: punches the mirror. Send him on his way. He leg was so and- wasted, yeah, and he's yeah. bleeding for real. And they're trying to clean him up, and he's like, "No, the- we're going with this." Like, I thought that was pretty cool. A lot <laughs> of
1: improvisation in the whole movie, yeah. really. That, yeah. That's
2: what really I think got well, you. That feels so you some real. Of that Weird stuff. Yeah, you know, like Caddyshack. That's what makes it brilliant. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and also the music. I think, like, what I really i i like is the fact that they brought it into the performance rather than just a soundtrack so you have susie q which is a performance hendrix is in there when the guys are just in the trench at the dulong bridge you know the brothers are just playing it and and then you got uh uh there's one more in there somewhere but i like that aspect of it that they they matched it in, you know, right of the Valkyries, you know, that part. Well, there's
2: also John Milius was a huge Doors and Wagner fan. So he said when he was writing this movie that that's all he was listening to. And so there's like a whole version that's never been released, but there's apparently a whole version of this movie. That's just doors music. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, and he called it the sound of war and oh, not, yeah. and the band was of course, horrified by that because that's, you know, they went to school oh, with Coppola. Those guys no were in film. Yeah. The doors no were in school. film school yeah. with Coppola. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's how he got the music, but it's like, they were horrified by that term. Like, don't call us that. Like, but his, what, what he meant was all the soldiers love you guys. And that they play you all the time, right? Oh, so man. you are the sound of war, whether you like it or not. Like Jim Morrison lived in San Diego.
0: Did you know that? No.
2: Nah. His dad was an admiral.
0: Yeah. yeah, his dad was in the navy. No kidding. Right. Yep. Little Before Jim he Morrison. dropped out, man, and moved yeah. to Venice Beach, <laughs> started a shitty and then band. The doors.
2: I wanted to talk about the guys <laughs> on the, P- on the PT boat. Uh, we got clean. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, he was 16, right? He was. Uh, 14, I think when they hired him, Damn. Oh. it's just like Nick cage with fast times. He was lying about his age. Uh, so, but he, he, I think he was 14 when he was wow. hired, but he said he celebrated two birthdays there. And I don't know how that works, but, <laughs> but two it's all people. a mystery. Sure, but sure. Um, He, you know, his, he, first off, he's terrific. Um, and I, I love the shit out of Lawrence Fisher. Yeah. I think he's amazing. I, there's furious styles. The guy never misses. I mean, but he's, it, he, it's what he represents in this movie. Cause he represents those, those poor kids, mm-hmm. black and white and Latino and Asian that were just pulled out of these slums or ghettos or whatever yeah. you want to call them. And they're just throwing a gun in their hand. They don't know, They haven't seen the world. They haven't even lived yet. And that's why when he guns down that boat during the stop. He's the first one firing and killing everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're just like, at first you're mad at him, and then you're like, he should have never been put in that position anyway. Because like, he represents that kid that just doesn't have the right judgment to be slaughtering people, and that's what he's doing. He's they, not a bad kid. He did that to a lot of people, he, though. Yeah, like, and he hard. represents all those guys Throw that just sh- there. shot people because they had itchy trigger fingers. Yeah, they yeah. shouldn't have been there anyway. Yeah. So, but he represents that, and you know, he's fun, he's dancing, he's kind of a little bit loopy, but... His death scene is just... He was hopeful. Yeah. He was uh, the most hopeful amongst the
0: group. Yeah, the young... energy, the surfer... Uh, right, Lance. Surfer Joe, the young Lance. energy, you know, yeah. just uh, yeah.
2: kind of... And that's what makes his fun. death scene so sad. Yeah, is and his
0: mother's tape, you hear that in tape playing in the background. Uh, the tape
2: is playing and the... God damn, that rips your heart out. yeah. It's pretty a pretty genius saying, move there. dodge those bullets and yeah. you can make it home. Stay and he's up, laying there the money
0: so you can get a car when you get back home. Yeah,
2: and... Brutal. Honestly, to me, uh, that's Albert Hall's best moment in the whole film. When he turns around the Captain Phillips and he turns around and sees Clean laying there dead, it's heartbreaking because uh, it's not just that this is my soldier and I'm in charge of him. This is a black man seeing another black man die. Yeah. There's that aspect of it. Yeah. And he's a father to this character. Yeah. He's and all responsible. Big he time. is. It was Big more time. than just one of the other guys on the crew. Yeah. So when he comes over there and bends over his body and is weeping, I feel. I felt that, man. Yeah. I mean, I thought Albert Hall killed it. And he's a terrific actor. I mean, Albert Hall's still around, you know. I, well, I think he left about 10 years ago. But up until then, I mean, he was still doing Malcolm X and all all these right. great performances. I mean, he's just a terrific He actor. was a badass
0: motherfucker, man. When he tries to kill <laughs> Martin Sheen after he's been yeah. uh, speared. Oh, and he's been yeah. Did, yeah. fatally he's wounded. pull his head into yeah. the spear yeah. and it's gone through his chest. I'm like, oh, wow.
2: Yeah. That's gnarly. Uh, Sam Bottoms, Lance. Let's get into Lance. I want to claim him. I already yeah. told you that, yeah. but because uh, we could relate to that guy. I mean, he he's the Timothy California Bottoms? surfer. Is
0: he a brother to Timothy Bottoms? I don't Bottoms? know if he is or not. He's a Bottoms, you said. His name is Bottoms.
2: <laughs> um, he passed well, away probably 15 years ago or something. No kidding. Know. You know, but yeah, um, yeah, he's a
1: chill dude. He's and, the one and we could relate to. Nice I think. Nice guy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. 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 California he took a you know, puppy. kid.
2: Yeah. When the boat got shut up and the puppy was there, he grabbed the puppy and stuck it in his jacket, and that's what makes that whole scene at the bridge so crazy when he's tripping on acid. Because mm-hmm. he's like, you know, Martin Sheen's like, I got to go get some gas. Anybody want to come with me? And he's like, Yeah, yeah. I hear carnival yeah. music. <laughs> I'm on acid. There's people yeah. just laying. Oh, no. Yeah, there's people murdering people left and right here. Yeah. Soldiers are diving off the sides of the embankments with their luggage in their hand, trying to jump on our yeah. boat just to get out of here. Yeah, like that's it's, it's insane. insane. Was the, end like, of the
1: fucking world, he man. He was like on along for the ride the whole time yeah. not really taking any if of it martin serious sheen
0: wouldn't have taken his hand at the end of the film oh i know like he would have stayed his hand he would have he cha- stayed,
1: yeah. he stayed he's the
2: innocent person yeah
0: and i you know how martin sheen could have stayed and been, been the new god king. to these could have been absolutely been yeah and i
2: just i just love the shot at the bridge there's a there's a steel shot of him with the puppy yeah out of his jacket yeah it's just fucking adorable. I love it. Being a dog lover, it's I can't get enough of it. But the
0: puppy dies, right? Well, he they we get lost. He he gets gets lost. Shoot up
2: the boat and he's lost. We don't yeah. know what yeah. he's MIA. Yeah. He might have jumped. They wanted off the to boat. go back, but, you know. but we never found the body. So true.
1: Well, we never know.
2: Rest you never me. know. <laughs> <laughs> Tropic Thunder, obviously a direct parody <laughs> totally. of Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Are you a Tropic Thunder fan? Absolutely. <laughs> How can yeah. you not be? Come on. It, uh, Robert Downey Jr. just kills it, man. He's sort of Frederick Forrest character, but sure. an African American version of yeah. it. Yeah. Like, because there's the part where he's talking about cooking the crawdads, and <laughs> yeah. you know, and 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 Frederick Forrest, chef, is a saucier yeah. from Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he might be my favorite character. <laughs>
1: Uh, it's fantastic.
2: Don't, don't ever get off the boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The tiger, the tiger attack. the tiger man. What other movies yeah. was he yes. in? Was he uh, in Animal know House? What? Not Animal House. Well, that was his moment. He cause... looks like one he looks of those like kids. the guy from Animal House, sort of. But he right after that he did the, the Bette Midler movie, The Rose, and oh. he and he got an Academy Award nomination same oh. year as Apocalypse oh. Now was released. So I'm not kidding. that was his moment. Was '79. And then, I mean, he did, he kept doing movies, but he was, you know, never really hit the heights like that again, but.
1: You can't come back from apocalypse now. He's like. We're getting your head handed to Mark yeah. <laughs> You're like the weird guy on the set after yeah. that. It's
0: just, <laughs> it's believable though. Like, man, they could see somebody being able to, like, it could happen. Right. Did anything ever happen like that? In the jungles with some American soldier taking over a a tribe of people,
2: right? Well, I don't know about that. I mean, Hearts of Darkness, the book uh, from Joseph Conrad, was set in the Congo. And it was released in like 1899. So it was, you know, that was the inspiration for all of this. Coppola and John Milius loved that. And so they wanted to adapt it. And Orson Welles had tried back in the day, but it just was too gnarly for the studios to get behind the whole storyline. And he made Citizen Kane instead. Oh, sure. darn. Oh, darn. <laughs> but it hadn't been made. And, you know, Coppola and Milius were like, you know, young aspiring filmmakers and, you know, coming out of, you know, L.A. film school. And they're just like, all right, we got this. <laughs> yeah. So good. Great era, man. For and Melius, what a badass. You know, you, you wonder where Kilgore's, you know, big dick energy comes from. That's John Milius. I mean, he wrote and directed Red Dawn and Conan the <laughs> Barbarian and like. He's just a tough guy. He was a Ugh. big gun lover. Like, he's a real character. There's a John Melius documentary on Tubi. That's oh, yeah? great. Right. Yeah, you need to check, check it, it out. It. He's a man's man. Like a man's man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kilgore.
0: Is there a band called Kilgore? That's that guy gets all the be best cool. lines. Orion would know about it. <laughs>
2: When they steal that surfboard and <laughs> the and the extra one, it's really funny. When they steal so does Kilgore's that seem surfboard.
0: New that I saw in the Redux. It's in the,
2: the. It's. I think it's in the Redux and they the final find, cut. Where
0: they're in the under the jungle canopy. I think that's in the and Redux. The helicopter the, goes yeah. by with a recording. Yes. Of Kilgore, it's, so he sent out multiple helicopters. Yes.
2: That's where I was laughing so hard. He yeah. had to have sat down and yeah. recorded that uh, statement, yeah. and then gave it to all of his helicopters to fly down yeah. the multiple rivers, yeah. and it's like. Lance, I don't (laughs) want to hurt you. I just want my surfboard back. You, of all people, should know how important it is to have a great board. Uh, Yeah. Now, I know why they cut it out because it's fucking funny. Right, right. right. It's it's the only really funny moment in the whole movie, and it doesn't fit. So sure. it like nah. the plantation, I get why it was cut out. Yeah. But it's also really funny.
1: <laughs> they should just make a whole new weird movie out of all those extra. Oh, they cuts. did. It. It's called Tropic Thunder.
2: <laughs>
0: oh man. I mean, right down to Mother Nature pissing her pants.
2: <laughs> I mean, all of that explosion is is made yes. up after the explosion in apocalypse now. They're totally. doing the same thing. So that good. whole
0: USO scene is surreal too. In the middle of the fucking jungle in that stage, that's like a uh um, uh, it's like an area where they have all the supplies, right? So they're yeah. there kind of permanently. But that it just feels like a drug induced. I'm watching this in front of my eyes. Have you taken mushrooms and watched it before? Yeah, I think yeah. Okay, yeah. every time <laughs> you kind <gotta> of have to. <laughs> every time,
1: yes, and I've seen it 200 uh, times. So
0: it's cool to have said I got to see it back in the day on the big screen. I mean, obviously like in 2001, they had it back in theaters for the Redux, but. And it's a type of film probably you could catch it in a theater every once in a while somewhere. Oh, sure. Maybe. You have to
2: see that thing on the big screen. Yeah, it's I'd beautiful. like to do that for sure.
0: And yeah, the tension that gets built and the music, that kind of science fiction-y weird film, that part of it that stands out for the first time watching it, but... All it, the iconic songs. It all gets
2: crazier, too. The more you descend down the river, the crazier the music gets. And, you know, being music yeah. people, that's what we love is when the music yeah, is driving it. the film. That's, I
0: start sweating, you, though, at the end, that feeling of him yeah. getting ready to murder him. And they start, you know, start to, uh, sacrificing the ox. And, right. Oh, just, another, so, the end. another weird yeah. observation
1: yeah, the end. is it, it's, it's a pretty chaotic movie, it, which is what the war was. Yeah. But once he gets to the compound, it's calm you know which is like yeah i mean i know i don't know if what his intentions were i think he was just building the plane while he's flying at coppola but uh i mean it's like all of a sudden now there's order you know because it's kurt's world because it's his
2: you know you don't take a piss if he doesn't tell you you can't yeah that's what technically
0: that the last 40 minutes of the film even right i mean you don't even get to this point which is i mean it's all whack yeah. <laughs> yeah it's nuts uh, you have moments of you know you get to see him receive the mail and there are just moments of joy and happiness that these guys get to experience briefly but yeah i don't know if you see martin sheen ever smile once in the whole film his his uh, the things he does not say sometimes is what stands out yeah. to me
2: yeah well he doesn't really fit in anywhere you know he says that at the beginning in his monologue i don't fit in back home yeah but i when i'm here i want to be back home so oh, he's just look at those
0: guys, man. The yeah. PTSD shit. Like they They're can't assassins. They, they become that's who they become. Like how do you an assimilate errand boy. to normal life? How you do know? you
1: sit at the family dinner yeah.
2: after you just the grocery went through that. clerk sent you? <laughs> yeah, you're an errand boy sent <laughs> yeah. by a grocery <laughs> <laughs> to collect the bill. Yeah. When did so uh, the
0: Island of Dr. Moreau come out? That's that was in the nineties,
2: mid nineties. That somewhere. was later. That was when he was having his lines. Fed to him in fed an him earpiece, in a earpiece by then, yeah, yeah, and he was even more obese by then, yeah. But. Then he was
0: really obese, yeah. Brando looked pretty good, man.
1: <laughs> man, perfect movie, pretty fantastic. Literally, yeah. when
0: did you first see it? And where it did had you see to
1: be, it? uh, just at home or a friend's house in high school, probably late 80s, okay. You know, I just always wanted to see it and then tuned out for a little bit. What
0: kind and of like, like you know, for me back. Than a movie like that that you maybe weren't able like weren't able to see because of the ratings like for me it was the Warriors like that was like a, 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 the the Holy Grail yeah. I'd never seen it it wasn't on TV it didn't have a V eight but of you it. heard about I heard it about right it and yeah all this shit. that was, it was definitely like-
1: hearing about it my whole life as a kid and then you know when it came out and then you know parents like oh huh, you can't go see that yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I'm still <laughs> you're only shocked. seven my dad took me uh, but that was definitely a bonding experience for me and my father that That's I'll, I'll never forget you know but i remember renting I it
1: yeah just renting it at a certain point like going i need to finally sit down and look at this and yeah watched it a ton didn't, you double
2: know? vhs
1: <laughs> yeah VHS. i remember it came
2: in the double pack because it was so long I
1: rendered it for three days, man.
2: (laughs) Uh, What years did you work at the Blockbuster? In
0: the nineties. In the nineties.
2: Yeah. It's during the video rain. The
0: video rain. (laughs) Oh man, how many years did you do that? I was there for about eight years or so. Did you get to have a nice little area where the employees got to do their employee picks? Oh, employee
2: picks was a must. Are you (laughs) kidding me? I demanded (laughs) my Uh, shelf. Are you kidding uh, (laughs) me? My my shelf was hot. How How many many picks did you get? Just one or two. Did you get Oh, you'd get about eight choices. I think you ever, about eight videos would fit across the shelf, yeah. Did you ever work at a Blockbuster? No. No, never. No. No. Not no, not me no. Either. no. No.
0: But fascinated. It's it's funny how, you know, the same experience I had with my wife, girlfriend then of going to Blockbuster, is the same damn thing I go through when I'm scrolling on Netflix is how we decide on what we're watching or renting. At least I get to do it now on my couch rather than having to walk the aisles. For you don't time. like the it's disappointment, so of, you like the disappointment
2: of reaching for the box and there's nothing behind it?
0: Well, yeah. that, that was one thing. I mean, standing by the cart of the return ones in hopes yeah. that you'd get, yeah. you know, whatever the hot movie was that week, whatever. In hopes
2: that a copy of Pulp Fiction just fell through. But yeah. I could
0: never get her to, you know, it's always hard to agree with, you know, she doesn't want to watch Apocalypse Now. She wants to watch The Notebook. Right. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. She wouldn't even go see Barbie with me.
2: Oh, come on. Oh. Come on. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, I drew the line at, like, Love Actually. That was the one where I told an ex, like, we're not watching that. How is Barbie? Barbie's it's fantastic. Amazing. Come on. Barbie's don't get us started. <laughs> oh, don't even get me it started. It's still my favorite movie of the year. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. Until the Iron Claw gets here, I think that's my favorite. So. What is she
0: doing now? The The Narnia movies? Greta is oh, yeah, going to do Greta Narnia movies? Up to they're going to redo do, those. Yeah,
2: I think they're going to do those Narnia books. Fascinating. Should Have you seen some... the Marvels? No.
0: What's the last movie you saw in the theater?
2: Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. Uh, thumbs up? Thumbs down? Uh, marginal thumbs up. Okay. I Last mean, movie you but saw, but it's like a five and a half out of ten. I barely long give it a too, thumbs right? up. Is it it's a long... way too long. <clears throat> it's not one of his best movies. It's not the director's cut. It's just long. No, it's but just, it's I'm just excited cut. about this week because because I get to. I got three this week. I want to go see Sofia Coppola's Priscilla. Right. Uh, we have um, Thanksgiving, the Eli Roth slasher film sure, that's sure. finally coming out, and there's uh, Taika's new movie, Next Goal Wins, the soccer film. So there's all of a sudden uh-huh. I've got like three I want to go see. So I'm pretty excited.
0: <laughs> What's the last movie yeah, you saw? Yeah, probably the
2: uh, uh,
1: uh, Stop Making Sense, a David Byrne oh, cool. thing. Oh, cool. You did one of those? We went to theater,
2: yeah. Did you dance?
1: Fuck yeah. Well, Thanks. we're
2: just wrapping up the fall concert schedule here in San Diego. I wanted to just do a quick like redo because we all, this is what we do. This is our life. So mm-hmm. I just wanted a just quick moment. What, if any bands have you seen this fall that you just either new bands you'd want to recommend or an old band that you love that you just they glad man, they're out I, there?
1: I did lights here at the Casbah for Brant York. Is yeah. it Bjork or Bjork? Brandt Bjork. 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 Yeah. Okay, not Bjork from Caius? Brant Bjork. Yes. Okay, Bjork from yeah. the high desert high desert. Yeah, and I'd yeah. I, I listened to a little bit of it, but the live show just turned me on, man. Like, I'm listening to that stuff all the time now, and nice. I think what he's doing just with that kind of rock and roll stoner rock whatever you want to call it he's just hitting all those elements that are rad and that i think stuff we grew up with and it still fits in for now and it and it's just killing it i love it and then uh um, i saw tangerine dream a few months ago as well Sorry thought that was that. fantastic okay. yeah <laughs>
0: that's for
1: him all, yeah it's for orion <laughs> he was there i, know. I, I texted him <laughs> yeah uh, and you know, like, uh, I don't know. I think that's yeah. it at the moment. Tour yeah. with Earthless when I can and have a good nice. time. Do you see any good ones this
2: fall, Tim? <laughs> yeah, recently,
0: well, <laughs> just the last few days, but recently I saw this UK band I, I really enjoyed. They're called Demob, Demob Happy, and they've got a strong Queens of the Stone Age kind of vibe that hmm. just melodic, heavy uh, in the vein I like. A little bit of that stoner rock, you know? Yeah. Um, but just, <laughs> dude, the last week, Friday, I was here for. Death Valley Girls and Deep Valley's last San Diego show. Right. That was amazing. Saturday saw Swami and The Bed of Nails, which is what the name of the new project is. Devo, last night, Terrific. you were there. Yep. Wow. Came here, saw Mud Honey. Got to hear an amazing set. Of course, it's just always so glorious to hear Touch Me. I'm sick. And then tonight, going to see the hives. Might be going to see New Order and Blossoms, uh, another British band, this week if I'm lucky. But that is my life shows. Yeah. New York, yeah, I'm not going to that Darker Days festival, which is like stacked with all yeah, the '80s right. bands. But Devo is playing that, so some of them are doing offshoot
2: shows. That New Order hopefully... be great. Yeah, I think for me the fall was uh, yeah, because it's always the best part of the season of the whole year. It really has the been fall amazing. Is always the best. Sure. So when we get to the end, you know, I just like to look back on it, and I, I'm so happy I got to check off Devo and Duran Duran. Yeah, because you know, they're bands I've always loved and never got to see. Uh, we had, you know, some up and comers between Soda and Casbah. There was a band called La Lome that's like a cumbia soul style band. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. They played over at Soda Bar, and nice. they're terrific. I, they're going to be touring with like Krungman and some of those bands um, soon. Uh, we had Say Shishi here at the Casbah. Did a couple you enjoy weeks that? Was terrific. That it was like uh, a throwback classic disco kind of thing. Nice. And, yeah. uh, over at Brick, I saw a Japanese band called Hanabi. That's a lot, you know, kind of in the baby metal vein that they were just fantastic Japanese bands are always the best like and then the O Memorial we can't forget yeah. about the O Memorial amazing the Aquabats yeah. set yeah. was fantastic TSOL the body double that was doing O during yeah. Just Like Heaven when Tony Hawk and his daughter Tony were Hawk singing daughter. the guy that was doing O on the side of the stage was dressed just like him he was playing his guitar just like him he was dancing it was wonderful like yeah. that was to me that moment gave me all the feels all like, the feels <laughs> you're so touchy and feely. Igor at the music box <laughs> If you haven't seen French band Igor, if you're a metal fan or any of that, into that kind of stuff, they were incredible. Big
0: congratulations to our sister venue, Soda Bar, on their 15th anniversary. Yep. Amazing. All also, right. uh, come up with the Casbah. Mondo, Cosmo, The Woggles, Elvez Christmas Show. So you shuffled us. Exile on Kettner Boulevard. Black Lips, Silent Comedy, Creepy Creeps, Uh, Pretty excited about the uh, 35th anniversary in January. Star uh, Starcrawler's coming. Neil Hamburger Kid Congo, the Pink Monkey Birds, Juju, L-1011, Beat Farmers, uh, A Miniature, No Knife. It's going to be an amazing January. Some of those wow. bands doing multiple nights. Some of them are already sold out. Uh, congratulations to Tim Mays on reaching 70 years. Happy birthday to happy him. Happy birthday to really Shout out. And uh, this is an iconic place. We're really happy to be able to do this and showcase people like you. Hell if you yeah. need visuals, Operation Mind Blow and, uh, Aggie, thanks so much for yeah, hanging out, man. It's always guys. good to see you. That Thank was you. a blast.
1: Cheers. All right.
2: Cheers. Coming up next week on Soundcheck Flicks, we've got that thing you do with the O'Neaters. The needers Or maybe it's the Wonders. Tune in next week and see who our guest is.